0: Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Settner Geology Podcast, episode 54, San Juan Islands. Thank you for listening. It's mid-December. I'm just finished up with the uh, live stream series, the Nick from Home live stream series. Uh, not only the exotic terrain series that was uh, this fall, there were 26 of those, Uh, but really the whole series starting back in mid-March. So there's more than 100 of those, I can't believe it, more than 100 of those uh, live streams on my YouTube channel if you're interested. And uh, there's an additional 25 or so field uh, videos uh, this summer called Nick on the Fly. So there's no shortage of stuff if you're locked down and looking to learn some new things. And I'm kind of in a... uh, convalescence here this week, just kind of uh, reflecting on what happened. It got pretty intense in, in November and in early December as I was putting new things together for the live stream series um, in a good way, you know. I, I, I learned an incredible amount, and uh, the community that we had and continued to have, I guess, um, is, you know completely built from scratch and full of love and affection and openness and, uh, feels like a very rare thing. And so I'm, I'm grateful to everybody who's been part of that and I'm grateful to you. Uh, I assume there's some overlap between the live stream audience and the audience for this uh, audio podcast, but, um, I don't know, maybe there's enough of you in this audio podcast, uh, series who've never seen the live streams and, uh. Uh, you just like, hey, man, you know, I, I'm busy. I don't have two hours to sit and watch you talk into an iPhone. Uh, so I got to be doing something else. You know, you should be happy that I'm listening to this thing. And I am happy that you're listening to this thing, sir or madam. Um, so there's, um, uh, if I guess my point is, if you've seen the live stream episodes and you're a regular fan over there, why would you even listen to these audio episodes? Well, maybe it's a, a kind of a condensed version. Instead of a two-hour live stream, you're getting the, the nuts and bolts of these episodes or even combined episodes in a 30-minute show. I'm trying to keep these audio episodes to about 30 minutes or so. And so that is the plan today. Uh, before we start, I will say one more thing. I've been organizing all these papers. You know, I had just uh, just file folders full of papers just tossed in there because I was scrambling to put those live streams together. And that includes organizing all the PDFs and other things on my computers this week. And uh, I found a bunch of video files that I forgot that I had um, of recent downtown lectures. I like those downtown lectures, and I don't know if they've been found by everybody by going to the CWU YouTube channel. That's where the downtown lectures have been to this point. So I'm keeping those downtown geology lectures there on the uh, CWU YouTube channel. But I decided that since I have these files, I'm just going to load them directly onto my YouTube channel as well, just in hopes that people will um, find them. Uh, if they haven't or watch them again I guess if they if they have wa- watched them a couple of years ago but now they've learned a considerable amount uh, in the last year as I have in 2020 2020 was a year for many things but for me personally it was uh, a year of tremendous growth uh, in learning, geology here in the Pacific Northwest, and also learning the technology stuff as well. Okay, that's enough of the preamble. Let's get into it. I think I'd like to not only talk about the San Juan Islands in Washington, but also the foothills of the Cascades, which has very similar geology. So let me place you, first of all, uh, you know Seattle, Washington, there's Interstate Five, which runs north-south, from Vancouver, British Columbia, and cross the border heading south, Bellingham, Washington. Uh, what else? Uh, Marysville, um, Everett, Washington. You're driving south on I-5, Interstate Five, Seattle, and then continuing south to Tacoma, Olympia, etc. Okay, so. So we're north of Seattle, we're almost to the Canadian border, we're up by Bellingham, Washington, and we're on opposite sides of I-5. The San Juan Islands are to the west of Interstate 5, and these foothills to the Cascades are east of Interstate 5. Okay, so maybe the simplest way to say it is we're up in the Bellingham, Washington area, and it's a question of are we west or east of Bellingham, okay? Um the first message is it's not just a bunch of glacial stuff. And further south, in in uh, Puget Lowland, it is a bunch mostly just a bunch of glacial stuff. There's hardly any bedrock exposed uh, that is older than three million years old, let's say. It's mostly a bunch of glacial till and glacial outwash that was dumped by the Puget Lobe, an ice sheet that came down from British Columbia multiple times. Mm-hmm in the last 2.6 million years. Not our topic today. That said, most of the San Juan Islands are made out of Mesozoic bedrock. And I think that might be a surprise to many people. I don't think it's a surprise if you actually know those islands really well. And I'm looking at a map right now. So let me describe the San Juan Islands just verbally for you for a minute or so. And then I can kind of do the same for the foothills. And then we'll, we'll get into the details of the bedrock. So San Juan Islands, you're, you're leaving Interstate 5 um, at Burlington, I think it is. You're heading west on Washington State Route 20. You're crossing a bridge. You're getting on to Fidalgo Island. And the best-known town is Anacortes on Fidalgo Island. That's the San Juan Islands. And the southern edge of Fidalgo Island, there's a very popular state park called Deception Pass, beautiful bridge that crosses from Fidalgo south to Whidbey Island. Uh, Rosario Head is a location just north of Deception Pass that I'm fond of. We'll, We'll make sure to include that. I hope to remember to include that. Uh west of Anacortes on Fidalgo Island, you can catch the ferry near Washington Park. And the ferry will take you to various San Juan Islands. You could visit Lopez Island. You can head all the way to Friday Harbor. That's a little community on San Juan Island proper. On the west coast of San Juan Island proper is Lime Kiln Point. Or you could head over to Orcas Island, Sushi Island, got to go take a separate boat over there. Lamy Island, okay, so there's, there's, I don't know how many, there are dozens of islands, I think, on this uh, San Juan Island collection. It's a magical place for many reasons, but we're talking about the geology. So we're going there in just a second. But also let me set the stage for what's east of Interstate 5. So let's get back to Interstate 5. Um, you can stay on State Route 20 if you like. So we're heading east on 20 heading towards the crest of the Cascades, and you know, uh, in the summer months you can actually cross, right now it's closed with snow, the North Cross Highway or the North Cascades Highway, Washington Pass, Rainy Pass. So we're not going that high. We're not going that deep into the Cascades. But in the foothills of the Cascades, west of I-5, you with me? Um, there are some places where we can kind of peer through the young Cascade lavas and find more of these exotic terrains, this Mesozoic bedrock. So ironically, Mount Baker is one of the most youthful mountains that we have. Uh, It's an active cascade volcano. But surrounding Mount Baker on all sides is exotic terrain bedrock. The main point for you today with this episode is this right here. You ready? We can find basically four exotic terrains in the San Juan Islands, and we can follow those four exotic terrains from the San Juan Islands. Let's head east. Let's cross I-5. Let's get into the foothills of the Cascades surrounding Mount Baker. Let's go to Mount Shuxon. Let's go to Yellow Aster Butte. Let's go to um, the Twin Sisters area. Other places I don't even know very well. That's country I don't know very well. But the point is, those same four exotic terrains can be traced into that country as well. So we're going to, in this episode today, follow these four exotic terrains from San Juan Islands, into the Cascades, and then they abruptly stop. Those four exotic terrains abruptly stop, just a razor sharp line on a geologic map. And that's called the Strait Creek Fault, which will be a major part of our discussion in future audio podcasts. Okay? Well, let's get into the details then. We've got these four terrains. First message. The terrains are thin, and I don't have an actual depth for you in kilometers or miles or something like that, but the concept is important. Each of these terrains is um, a portion of a larger terrain. Daryl Cowan, who is the first geologist that comes to mind when thinking about the San Juan Islands because he's been at the University of Washington's geology department for almost 50 years. And he's had countless graduate students working in the San Juan Islands, making maps of these exotic terrains. And he wasn't the first to do this. Before him, Joe Vance, and before him, some others I don't know off the top of my head. But the point is, this has all been worked out and Darryl Cowan is fond of saying those exotic terrains in the San Juan Islands are like hats without heads. Meaning we're just seeing the hat, we're just seeing the uppermost part of that exotic terrain. Where's the rest of it? Where's the rest of the exotic terrain? It got sheared off somewhere at some time. And there are major messages that can be delivered, and that's what I'm trying to do today with you, but there are also major questions about the exotic terrains of these areas fundamental questions. Uh, And we need to really put the San Juan Islands and the Cascade Foothills terrains uh, very quickly within the context of the entire mosaic of exotic terrains going from Alaska to Mexico, believe it or not. But uh, that's that's too much for us uh, today. Okay, you want details, and let me see if I can give them to you. The four terrains I will describe like this. There's a terrain that looks like it came from northern Europe. I repeat. <laughs> I almost get a little chill saying that, just hearing it out loud. The Chilliwack River terrain in the foothills of the Cascades. The Turtleback terrain in the San Juan Islands. Those both are the same thing. And it looks like they have a Northern European affinity. I'm not making this up. I'll give you more in a second. The second, I'm holding up fingers in front of my face now so I don't get too sidetracked here. The second terrain in both places. Uh, A Cache Creek affinity. Now that means we got stuff that looks like it came from the Southwest Pacific. Look, we're not screwing around, man. We're in the San Juan Islands and we're in the Cascade foothills and and I'm talking about some of the stuff came from Northern Europe and now just casually with terrain number two, we got stuff that came from Indonesia off the coast of China. Details continue to emerge, but there's evidence for that. Southwest Pacific for terrain number two. In the Cascade Foothills, called the Bell Pass Melange. In the San Juan Islands, called the Dead Man Bay Terrain. More coming in a second on that. Just trying to give you an overview. Terrain 3 is a chaotic collection of what appears to be accretionary wedge material. And by that I mean ocean floor material that got scraped off of the down-going oceanic plate. And so it's a chaotic mess, something we call a melange. In the foothills, called the eastern terrain. In the San Juan Islands, called the Constitution-slash-Lopez complex, or terrain. And finally, number four, I've got my pinky up now, four, Uh, mm, more of an island arc type of a story where we have some volcanic islands out in the Pacific fed by some sort of ocean trench and uh, in the foothills called the Nooksack Terrain in the San Juan Islands called the Decatur Terrain uh, also known as Fidalgo Island. Okay, so that was a first pass through these four Um, terrains. Before I give you more detail from each of the four terrains, let's go back to the concept of hats without heads. One of the hallmarks of exotic terrains is we have this coherent block of material called a terrain, T-E-R-R-A-N-E, and it's bounded by faults. That's a big message, that these exotic terrains have a, uh, a unique... Story to tell, and then, oh damn, we're at a fault, and then suddenly we're into something else completely different. And then we get out of that terrain, oh, there's another fault, and I go directly into another block of crust that has nothing to do with its neighbors. That is the hallmark of these exotic terrains at all scales. So if I go specifically to the uh, San Juan Island map that I'm looking at right now, I've got my colored pencils here, and I've got purple, Fidalgo Island, Gweems, is that how you pronounce it? Cypress, Blakely, Decatur, much of Lopez, Lummi. That's all the Decatur terrain, which is sandstone and shirt and... Uh, deep ocean crust called ophiolite, and there's some diorite, so some plutonic rock from an, an island arc. I'm just going to continue with detail, assuming you, the few listeners who know the San Juan Islands in specifics. Then I cross something called the Buck Bay Fault, which is a thrust fault, and I'm suddenly into this uh, green. Uh, that makes up a majority of the San Juan Islands. And the green is this Constitution Lopez accretionary wedge material. And that includes Rosario Head, which is a favorite place for me just north of Deception Pass. So there's just a little sliver of this Constitution complex uh, at Rosario Head. It's a favorite place, Rosario Head, because it's an easy walk out to some ribbon chert. Some beautiful deep ocean, siliceous bands of chert. And uh, it's very photogenic right by the water and uh, contorted ribbon chert. So there's key places that can kind of bring this all to light. I'm going to continue in the San Juan Islands. I'm kind of working my way from southeast to northwest now I'm away from Friday Harbor, I'm heading towards the north half of Orcas Island, and I'm into two different terrains. One of them, the Deadman Bay terrain that looks like it came from Southwest Pacific, Limekiln Point, for instance, on the western shore of San Juan Islands has Tethian fossils within them, and those fossils tell us that that crust was originally uh, at the equator, and almost for sure on the opposite side of the Pacific Ocean. There's some pillow basalts and some limestones as well, and some chert as well from the deep ocean. And then finally, in in much of Orcas Island, the northern half of Orcas Island, is this turtleback terrain, which has this story of northern Europe origin. Now, as I just say this out loud and I look at this map, I realize that this is going to be a difficult, this has been so far a difficult episode to follow. You don't have a map in front of you. Come on, man, you're doing the dishes. You're on your walk. And so I think I need to, just in real time, switch gears just a little bit to try to make this work verbally without maps in front of us. How can you say something meaningful about an exotic terrain regarding its origin and regarding the timing of when it was added to North America? Okay, well, let me try. In the case of the Southwest Pacific, the evidence are these Tethian fossils. There was this thing called the Tethys Sea, which was kind of an arm of the Pacific Ocean way back during Pangea time, when the global geography was totally different than it is now. And I don't know anything about microfossils, Radiolaria and Foraminifera and that sort of stuff, these little Yabina fossils. Um, but I take the paleontology people's word for it, and we, if you can find those Tethian fossils in your in part of your San Juan Island, like, uh, like Lime Kiln Point, you have a case that that stuff crossed the Pacific, which of course takes a long time. It's a magic carpet ride. The ocean floor is moving from the Southwest Pacific towards North America. And it eventually gets added to the edge of North America. All that material does not go down a subduction zone, it actually gets accreted onto the edge of the continent. So we have that Tethyan fossil material not only in portions of the San Juan Islands, but we have some of those same Tethyan fossils in an area called the Bell Pass Melange. Now, this is in the foothills, and that Bell Pass Melange is one of the most uh, intriguing units of this area because not only is there a southwestern Pacific story involving origin, but there's a crazy age range of material, big blocks of stuff sitting in this Bel Pass Melange. Some of the blocks are parts of the mantle that came to the surface wholesale the Twin Sisters area has these incredible blocks of a rock called dunite, which is this deep green beautiful rock that has geochemistry that says, this is the mantle, man. This is stuff that came directly from the earth's mantle. And here it is in these kind of dismembered blocks sitting in this uh, mosaic of material. Also in the Bell Pass Melange are blocks of the Yellow Aster Complex, and the Yellow Astra Complex is the stuff from Northern Europe. So, the Yellow Astra Complex, the Northern Europe stuff, is in the Chilliwack River terrain. I'm now in the Cascade Foothills. Boy, you're really ping ponging all over the place with me verbally, but I hope you can follow some of this. I hope I can follow some of this. There's a bunch of beautiful metamorphic gneiss and gabbro that makes up the basement of the Chilliwack River terrain in the foothills of the Cascades. It's called the Yellow Aster Complex, and there's been a lot of work on that Yellow Aster Complex, including detrital zircons, tiny little minerals that record a bunch of details. And there's a match with a bunch of the details in the Yellow Aster Complex of the Cascade Foothills, And bedrock in Wales, in Scotland, even in the Ural Mountains of Russia. I'm not making this up. And so you have these, I use the analogy of pizza boxes, you have four pizza boxes stacked one on top of another, frozen pizzas. And if you take those four frozen pizzas and then you kind of, uh, instead of having them stacked uh, like you normally would on the kitchen table, can you take those four pizza boxes and rotate them 45 degrees? Like, take the four pizza box. I'm closing my eyes now to try to describe this to you, you got your four pizza boxes ready to throw them in the oven, and, and can you take those four pizza boxes, which are horizontal, stacked one on top of another, and can we, can we lift them off the table, tilt them so that they're at an angle, let's say a 30-degree angle, 45-degree angle, and then can you allow those pizza boxes to slip past each other Ideally, can you tilt the pizza boxes and then start compressing like you're playing an accordion? And can you have each of the pizza boxes slide on top of the one below it? Is this working for you at all? What I'm trying to describe, and it was easier to do it with actual pizza boxes in front of an iPhone. Yes, I'm talking about the live streams again. Easier to do that visually with the actual props, but the concept is these four exotic terrains in the San Juan Islands and in the Cascade foothills are NAPs. That's that's French. N-A-P-P-E-S, a NAP. A NAP is a thin piece of crust that has a thrust fault above it and a thrust fault below it. So each of those pizza boxes has a thrust fault bounding it. And as you compress those tilted pizza boxes, you have one pizza box riding up the back of the one below it. And the one on top of that riding up the back of the one below it. And the one on top of that, the one riding up the back. Can you picture it now? Sure, there's earthquakes involved and everything else, but this is stacking of the pizza boxes. Getting a nap stack. Somehow happening about a hundred million years ago, and I mean somehow because it's very difficult to reconstruct the paleogeography. It's very difficult to figure out where we are on the western margin of North America with these naps, and it's a very important question. Yeah, if you're playing along, we're now to the uh, later stages of this episode where. I've tried to give you a sense of these four separate pizza boxes, these four separate exotic terrains that crop out not only in the San Juan Islands, but in the Cascade foothills. But now we're trying to plug these four exotic terrains into a much broader story, and that's the real challenge. And it depends on who you talk to and on where we are. Everyone agrees that we can't be in Washington. I repeat. Now that we know that we have one pizza box from Southwest Pacific, one pizza box from Northern Europe, and two other pizza boxes that are from the Pacific somehow, but maybe not incredibly far offshore, they're all here now. Did they get added to Washington? No based on things we'll talk about in future episodes, there are major strike-slip faults that have been very busy, that have been very active since the time of adding the terrains to North America. And the strike-slip faults, like the San Andreas Fault today, the strike-slip faults, uh, we've talked about it before, haven't we? When you have a strike-slip fault in the American West, Today, and and most commonly in the last 100 million years, the strike-slip faults run basically north-south. And when you have a major earthquake on a strike-slip fault, on these north-south strike-slip faults, it's the west side of the fault that lurches northward by about 20 feet on average. What I'm trying to say is that because of strike-slip fault mapping, that has been done all throughout the Canadian and American West. We know that the pizza boxes were added further south of Washington. That's not a controversial statement. The, the strike slip faults are there, the strike slip faults have been restored. Meaning you've taken the earthquakes out of them, and you've gotten the crust back to the way the crust was before the strike-slip faults formed, and the strike-slip faults formed after the terrains were accreted. So therefore, the terrains have to be south of Washington. Now, the real debate is how far south of Washington were those pizza boxes originally, and if you've lost me completely, if you've lost track of what I'm saying completely. I'm talking about these four exotic terrains in the Pacific in the in uh, the San Juan's and in the Cascade foothills. Daddy's excited now. Were those terrains added to Oregon and now they're up here in Washington? Were those terrains added to California and now they're up here in Washington? Or dare I say it, were those four pizza boxes that came from the Northern Europe uh, affinity, the Southwest Pacific affinity, the deep ocean affinity, where they added to the latitude of Mexico, let's say 100 million years ago, and then have those terrains been moved almost 2,000 miles north along Strike Slip Fault to present day, northern washington wow what happened there we were we were taking the ferry to friday harbor and i thought we were just going to talk about a couple of little bedrock units to to, to discuss and suddenly I'm, I'm talking about mexico that's how wild things can get in a hurry when discussing these exotic terrains. And we're so far back in the earliest days of quote-unquote Washington's history, and we're talking about so many different kinds of rocks, and we're talking about really global geology. We need to know the geology of northern Europe and the geology of uh, Oceania to get a firm grasp on what we're talking about here in the San Juan Islands. But I think you get the point if you're willing to give it the old college try and you can address naps and you can address these thrust faults and you can address uh, lots of different kinds of geology, if you have kind of a working knowledge of at least the basics of those things, you can then have a discussion of these exotic terrains. And that's really the main message I think this whole fall is that And I'm sure you've heard me say this before. I avoided all this stuff till now because I was afraid of it. I didn't feel like I had the knowledge, the background, with all these different branches of geology, beyond a geology 101 level to even really understand what's going on. But my main message, and now this is how I'll wrap up this episode, is as I reflect back on these live streams this fall, uh, when I started in September, I was pretty sure I was going to get stuck. I was, I was almost sure I would get to a point where I was just like completely snowed over. There was just too much to learn in such a short amount of time that I just wasn't going to be able to comprehend what I was reading. And therefore, I was going to have a hell of a time con- communicating it to the audience that we had. And admittedly, it was a more serious crowd this fall. It wasn't a bunch of kids and folks who were just kind of casual fans of geology. It was, it was hard stuff. But I was sure I was going to get uh, in a bind. And my message is, I didn't. There was only one episode where I was kind of in over my head, and I admitted it to the audience uh, at the beginning of the episode, which made me feel a little better. It was the Skagit Nice episode, and we'll get to that in this series as well. Uh, but there were some concepts I just did not get. I don't, I don't think I still get them now. But that was really the only show where I felt like I was in over my head. And it's not because I have this amazing intellect. We all know I don't have that. But I had enough help by email, I had enough time each week to really kind of think hard about this stuff and write it out for myself and draw it out for myself and color it with my little colored pencils where it kind of worked for my brain. And that was the, that was the feeling of satisfaction. Are there details in the San Juan Islands I don't understand? Of course there are. Are there details in the Bell Pass Milan? Well, of course, there's details that flummox anybody who's willing to think about it. Are you kidding me? There's blocks of mantle just sitting in this incredible mosaic of Bell Pass Milan's that goes from uh, 500 million-year-old stuff until 200 million-year-old stuff? What is the story there? Well, you could spend 10 lifetimes studying that and still not make a whole lot of progress, Probably. But what I could offer the group was my take on what I thought that I was able to put together region by region. And then as we went on this fall, we made more and more connections between regions. And that's what I'm hoping to do with you here as well. I'll finish by saying this. When I signed off on Sunday, about 11 in the morning, Pacific time, with that last live stream, called Putting It All Together. And I was dealing with fruitcakes and uh, magnets on a whiteboard and the whole thing. I got an email as soon as I signed off. And it was from Basil Teikoff, University of Wisconsin. And Basil is a well-respected field geologist who's been at it for a long time. And he's been into Baja, B.C. thinking along the western Idaho shear zone and other things. And Basil must have been watching that last show and took the time to just email and say, look, uh, our little group of Baja BC exotic terrain people are pretty fired up. We're mostly fired up because we see the audience that you've built that are all really interested in these exotic mm-hmm. terrains. And that's gotten us excited again, because we feel like we're just kind of doing all this work, and nobody's really listening. So we're going to try to put together a brand new Penrose Conference in 2022, where we get all the leading field geologists back together, and we just try to breathe a bunch of new life into this uh, Baja BC thinking, and perhaps the research will get a shot in the arm. And I never dreamt that the little live stream series where I'm talking into an iPhone on top of a wooden ladder that I bought down at the Ace hardware store in town would get to this point. But that's kind of where we are. That the research community is charged by some of this dog and pony show stuff in uh, somebody's backyard in Ellensburg, Washington. Pretty cool. You know what's pretty cool? The fact that you made it to the end of this one and I hope that you continue to listen. I still haven't taken the time to look at analytics or figure out if this is getting to Spotify or other kinds of things but I'm getting enough feedback I kind of forget how, through Twitter or maybe emails I think these are getting out to some of you at least and maybe that's another thing I can do this break is to try to figure out the podcast world and see if if this is getting to you all, you know what, if, if you have a moment, you made it to the end of this, so you must be a, a loyal person at this point. If you want to email me, nick at geology.cw.edu. Just let me know your platform. Are you listening on Spotify? It can just be a one line. you can just be in the subject line if you want. Podcast, Spotify, podcast, Apple Music or whatever, Apple Podcasts. I don't even know half the platforms that are out there. And uh, I'd be just curious. I suppose I can find the analytics to this, but I don't even know how to do that. So if you feel like emailing me and just saying, eh, this is how I listen and uh, I have no problem uh, finding your shows, That would be wonderful. Dear listener, that's the end of this episode called, I don't know, I guess it's called San Juan Islands, but we definitely got into the foothills of the Cascades as well with our four pizza boxes, our nap stacks, one from Northern Europe, one from Southwest Pacific, and a couple more from the deep Pacific Ocean. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. I love you and goodbye.